Checking in with Tony Kennedy of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office. He's the large lake specialist there and oversees Red Lake. And we always uh, check in on Red Lake at the beginning of the year. It's it's one of those bellwether lakes uh, that we have to be, pay attention to. And, and certainly, Tony, uh, I think we all know the story by now of uh, how this uh, lake turned around. I think the thing that impresses me most is how it's just maintained. Yeah, we, we're seeing a real quality fishery there year in and year out. You know, of course, we've got good years and bad years with, uh, you know, largely the timing of ice out. And, and so this year is shaping up to be a real good year up there with the later ice out. Um, yeah, the later ice out uh, tends to, to tends to help. And, and certainly um, what I've understood is the it'll help with reproduction down the road. Those tend to be good reproductive years. Yeah, it really does. We're looking forward to, uh, you know, the production of some good year classes in the Bemidji area, and, and Red should be right there with them. Well, before we go any further, let's just get it in our heads exactly what uh, regulation we're looking for on Red this year. Okay, we've got a four-fish bag limit, and one of those fish, or not more than one of those fish, can be over 17 inches. Okay. So you could have four fish under 17, but um, not more than one over. Okay. And is this the second or third year for that regulation? Uh, this will be the second year of in the open water, and it was also the regulation this past winter. So, okay, um, it's it's been in effect for a full year, and and we're looking forward to having it again. And you've had the four fish limit for quite a few years now, various uh, uh, slots, but uh, but the four fish limit's been around at least for part of the year for a number of years now. Yeah, it has. Um, uh, back to two thousand nine is when we first had a four fish limit, and there has been a few seasons in there where we've had to pull back a little bit to follow our uh, harvest plan for the Red Lakes. Um, but those were didn't last real long. Most recently, we've had some three fish bag limits in during the winter time, but it's it's been four here the last year or two. And it sounds like the the lake is producing well. Um, the numbers seem to be very very strong, and everything's going the way it should be. Yeah, we are at a thirty seven walleyes per gillnet, so um, that's a <laughs> that's an above average gillnet catch. You know, as as your listeners will know. Um, you know, we tend to have you know real strong walleye gillnet catches up there. I, and then for those who maybe aren't familiar with everything, I you know the the lake was closed for a good decade to walleye fishing. Um, when did it get reopened, and uh, and what's been the process since? So the lake was reopened in two thousand six under a pretty conservative set of regulations, a two fish bag limit with a seventeen to twenty six inch protected slot limit, and then we sort of gradually relaxed regulations. Um, trying to get our annual harvest to fall within the the target for the Red Lakes that's been set uh, through mutual agreement with the Red Lake Band. Uh, we work through our Red Lake Fisheries Technical Committee uh, that reviews all the population data and then make, makes a recommendation based on that harvest plan okay. um, what our target harvest should be. So it's been over 12 years now. Yeah, yep. Yeah, time flies. And I'm sure you're in communication with the with the other agencies on a regular basis. Uh, I presume if things are going well on the Minnesota side of the lake, then it's going well on all portions of the lake. Yeah, it really is a a single population that uses both the upper and the lower basin of the Red Lakes, and um, so we have um, identical assessment programs that that monitor the population, and then we have uh, meetings twice each year, um, sort of in the in the fall after we've completed our assessment work and then again in the spring to sort of set forth our plan for what the next fishing season will look like. And um, we stay in close communication, you know, even in between meetings, you know, just casually. So we have a real good working relationship, and that's, you know, that's been important to the 
to the strong recovery we've had. Okay. Now, um, it seems that the lake is very healthy, as like we said. Is there anything out there that concerns you at all? Um, no, we're looking pretty good. Um, we do have a surplus of spawning stock. If you read the news releases that we put out, um, you might hear that. That's why we have um, are able to go forward with the four fish, one over 17 uh, limit. We just came off a record winter harvest of 152,000 pounds of walleyes, so um, that was a good winter, but yet there's still room for uh, another good summer here. We're looking for somewhere around 100,000 pounds or maybe a little bit more this summer, um, and that'll put us real close to our goal of six pounds per acre, which is 288,000 pounds for the state waters. Hmm. Wow. And um, that's uh, that's an adjustment from a few years ago. Um, I mentioned those years we had to pull back a little bit on the regulation. That, that was in 2015. We actually revised our harvest plan. Um, after t- having fished for about 10 years, we realized that um, there was some added opportunity for harvest, and not only just opportunity for increased harvest, but also we were really kind of running into a bind to be able to actively manage our spawning stock um, because when, because we're trying to follow a target harvest, it was hard to harvest spawner-sized fish, which are a little bit larger because those pounds add up much faster. So we were having to use the size limit to, to regulate the total harvest, and we weren't able to manage the spawning stock the way we would have liked. So uh, that's why we have the, a more aggressive 5 to 7 pounds per acre of harvest available to us when we're in the surplus spawning condition so that we can um, accommodate those fish over 17 inches in the harvest. And that'll let us um, sort of pull that spawning stock back to get to what we feel is the optimal range. Uh, When we have two and a half to four and a half pounds of spawning stock, we feel that's when we get our best natural reproduction. What is it about that lake that makes it so effective? Well, it has a lot of in-lake spawning habitat, a lot of gravelly shorelines, you know, big windswept, well-oxygenated, um, and that's really what drives it is that in-lake spawning habitat. You know, a lot of our lakes have real sandy shorelines and and maybe don't have, you know, quite the walleye spawning habitat that the Red Lakes have. Yeah, it, it just is. Uh, they, they call it a walleye factory. It really is. Um, one of the things we're seeing, not just on Red Lake, but certainly Red Lake is a prime example of it, uh, is just increased pressure through the winter uh, ice fishing season. A lot more people are out there ice fishing. It's putting more year-round pressure on lakes than we've seen in the past, um, but it doesn't seem to be affecting anything. Yeah, so far we've been able to um, absorb that additional harvest um, that, that comes with the increased pressure. Um, we we don't seeing quite the catch rates sometimes, um, and I think it's largely the disturbance factor. I always you know, when talking with people, say, okay, we're standing in the room with an eight-foot ceiling. If you think about Red Lake, your fi- if if your fish house would be like having it be on the ceiling, you know, the, you're pretty close to those fish, and so when you get a lot of that disturbance from all that activity, sometimes the, the catch rates will suffer a little bit. But uh, it's a great opportunity to get families out, you know. Um, you, you know, it's not just a couple of guys hunkered down in a portable so much anymore as it is the whole family, you know, in a wheeled fish house. So it's a great opportunity to introduce, you know, wives and children and and the whole family. Okay. Um, you know, when, when we when you were closed to walleye fishing, obviously the big, big story for many of those years was one of the most historic crappie fisheries in the history of Minnesota. Uh, I'm sure that's not really the case anymore, There's not, but there is still a crappie population out there, correct? Yep, there's still crappies in the lake. They're more of a bonus fish, sort of a nice surprise, you know, rather than um, a species you can really go out and target very effectively. Um, 
you know, we'll we'll hear if somebody gets a half a dozen now in a, in a in a day that's sort of noteworthy, you know, which is you know far cry from where it was 15 years ago when we <laughs> didn't have the walleye fisher we have now. But they are still a nice bonus fish and and true to form uh, that they were then. They, they are a big sort of a big beefy thick crappie, you know, uh, lots of shiner minnows in the lake, and the crappies do really well. So it just doesn't really have the spawning habitat for crappies, and we were it was sort of a uh, a blessing that year in 1995 when we got such a tremendous reproduction that uh, that really sort of helped carry that fishery during the years the walleye was closed. Another thing we've heard about is some really big northerns coming out of that lake. That was uh, quite the talk, I'd say, three, four, five years ago now. I haven't heard that much of it in the last couple. Um, we still a place to find trophy northerns? Oh, yeah. In fact, we just finished uh, a nice out pike assessment. We do two years of sampling and then it followed by a two-year break. And uh, we saw there's tremendous numbers of fish over 36 inches, you know, which we don't generally have in our area lakes as well as, you know, good numbers of fish over 40 inches. Um, I, I think the largest we had was we had a few up 43 inches, pushing 44 inches. So um, definitely the place to go for a trophy pike. They're not real abundant. Um, we're able to sample them effectively during the spawning run in the ditches and the tributary streams in the spring, and uh, we handled about 1,000 fish in, in five or six days. But when you put that all those fish back out into, you know, the 285,000 acres of the Red Lakes, they're a little... Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Tony Kennedy, Large Lake Specialist out of the Bemidji area office, my guest. All right, you're, you are the Large Lake Specialist. Red Lake is one of the waters you, uh, you are in charge of. The other one is... Cass Lake, uh, what are your thoughts on Cass right now? Well, Cass is coming off a great year of walleye fishing last summer. Uh, it doesn't really have too much of a winter fishery uh, for walleyes. Uh, it's mostly or almost exclusively a summer fishery, and they had a, a really great last year last summer that was carried by our strong 2013 year class, um, which represents about half of our sample in our gillnets right now, and they average about 16 inches. So uh, everybody's really appreciating uh, that year class and their abundance. Okay. One of the things that's going on there, of course, is uh, zebra mussels. Uh, where are we at in that situation? Well, we certainly have lots of zebra mussels. Uh, we, they were first documented in the fall of 2014, and by the fall of 2015, they were pretty evident around the lake, and, and each of the last two years now, they're, um, you know, we have a temperature logger that we keep out year-round to log temperature, and, it, you know, we pull it up, and it's just covered in zebra mussels, unfortunately, but... Um, so the lake has gotten clearer. Um, Cass has always been a clear lake, so that's not a real big change for our anglers, um, like some of the other lakes uh, that have been infested recently, where uh, the Cass Lake anglers were used to having to deal with clear water and looking for a chop or some after-dark fishing. And uh, fishing after dark has really taken off over the last, say, 25 years on Cass Lake. It's not really a new phenomenon, uh, but there's just that continued shift towards fishing after dark because it's it's very effective. I didn't think that lake could get any clearer, actually. <laughs> right. It's it's hard to believe, but you can see the bottom, you know, in 25 feet, sometimes, wow. you know, even more. Um, so that, it's certainly, ha- you know, going to have an effect a little bit on the fish behavior and the bite a little bit. But um, but last summer, we I heard really strong fishing reports, So and the water was very clear. So anglers are adapting, and, and the walleyes are out there to be caught. And so um, so far, so good on that front. 
Right. I mean, it's not like the walleyes disappear because of zebra mussels, but uh, like you said, it affects the way we are used to fishing. Uh, and, and more dramatically on other lakes, I know Winnie's taking people needing to make big adjustments to what they're used to fishing on Winnie because of it. Yeah, that's that's sort of the uh, you know the obvious one in our in sort of in Paul Bunyan country here is is the Winnie effect and um, like I said the Catholic anglers are a little more a little more used to it and and you go out there on an evening in late July or August there might be sixty boats out trolling crankbaits on those big flats so uh, it's really popular there's a lot of resorts on the lake and you know Dad might uh, sort of be spending the day with the family and then head out at nine o'clock nine thirty and you know fish till midnight or one in the morning and sleep in the next day and sort of uh, make a week of it. That's uh, I wish I could do that every day, actually. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, and, and again, uh, you know, that uh, that is just a reminder how careful we have to be if we're going to move our our boats from one body of water to the other. That's why we keep hearing over and over and over again, and we keep talking over and over and over again about making sure that boat is decontaminated and clean and clear and because you do not want to spread this to any waters that don't have it yet. Yeah, that's certainly something we all need to be aware of and just each, everybody do their part. All right, anything else about either um, Leech or, or, or rather Red or um, Cass Lake? Well, we did just complete a, a muscalunge population assessment out on um, Cass Lake. Again, that was a two-year study that finished uh, in 2017. Um, and we get a population estimate of a little over 600 fish, which is really uh, pretty similar to what we saw in 2011, um, the last time we'd done the assessment. And Cass is a little bit different than the Bemidji and the Plantains that really have the big bruisers and is a real sort of top-heavy um, musky fishery from a size structure standpoint. Cass is a natural musky lake. There's no stocking that occurs. And so we get, sort of get these trickles of fish recruiting into the population. So we have a very broad size range of fish, um, you know, from 30 inches on up to about 50 inches. But it's... Okay. Um, and as a result, you get pretty good catch rates because um, you more young fish in the population versus you know a handful of of older, larger fish in the population. So that's a, okay. that's another popular fishery out there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I've heard. In fact, the last few years, I've been hearing more and more talk about muskies on Cass Lake. It's it's getting. To, I think you're probably getting more and more anglers coming over there. Yeah, they are. They had a little bit of a tough go of it in 2017. Um, uh, for nobody has a, a great explanation. It might be just sort of one of those things where you just chalk it up to fishing. But 2016, they had some some really good fishing out there, and, and last year was a little bit tougher. But you know, by and large, um, it, it's a good musky fishery, and it's uh, a chance to go out and catch some some natural native muskies. Tony Kennedy is the Large Lake Specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office talking to us about Red Lake and Cass Lake, uh, his two specialties. Tony, we appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. Thank you. Yep, thank you, Kim. Some people say fishing is overrated. For the record, they are wrong. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Let's go. I spent some time at Destination Sporting Goods on Paul Bunyan Drive Northwest. Their spring fling was underway, and I had a chance to talk to their store manager, Aaron Templin. Aaron, uh, tell us a little bit about the store and what it's all about. Yeah, you know, Destination Sporting Goods here on Paul Bunyan Drive. Uh, we are the pro shop for Bemidji. That's what we consider ourselves. Um, we're the outfitters. We're going to be able to set you up, whether you're the beginner angler, uh, beginner archer, 
um, all the way to the advanced and expert level. You know, we're going to have a little bit of something for everyone, for sure. This is the type of place I come in totally green and I say, I don't even know what I need. You guys can take care of it. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, we pride ourselves on the knowledge and what we've done. Um, I was a fishing guide for a very long time. I've worked in sports shops ever since I could walk, it feels like. And, uh, yeah, so we carry that kind of knowledge right into you when you come through the door. So we're going to understand what you're kind of looking to do and outfit you and point you in the right direction. One of the things I've noticed is you've got a lot of really big musky lures, so this is a serious musky place, too. Yep, absolutely. Musky Pro Shop, finally. Yeah, we got some really hard-to-find lures, and we've, we've really worked with a lot of guides in the area and a lot of uh, big avid anglers and put in a really good assortment. It's really nice, actually. Some cool custom colors, like I said, and hard-to-find baits, and we've got it on full stock. We've got the whole wall in here full of musky baits for guys. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the opener. Uh Aaron, we gonna have ice? are we gonna have water or what? My fingers are crossed. Hopefully, I am not wrong by the time you guys hear this, but I think it's gonna come off. It's looking that way. Um, those fish should be still in the rivers, but the big females will be sliding out and out of the river already. Hopefully, done because they run off a of moon and in sunlight and etc. So. Hopefully that is done, and it's going to be an interesting opener, that's for sure. Are we going to have shiner minnows? Are we not? Um, there is ways to catch them without. Plastics is the new big thing. I've been throwing them now for a couple years, and guys are getting on board. They're really starting to like what it produces, too. So if we do not have those shiners, we always do have something for you, and it's going to be a jig bite. It's going to be a pitch and bite and uh, close to those river mouths and spawning grounds, and it's, uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, and, you know, even if it uh, takes a little, you know, another week or so, I mean, uh, once it gets going, it, I think it is going to be very good, and uh, it's a good thing fishing season could be a long one. It's a long season, yep. Everybody wants to get out there and be the first one to put a limit in the boat, but do remember it is a long season, and we got plenty of time. It's only going to get better from here, so uh, that's the fun part about fishing in Minnesota. We deal with the weather, and uh, we're pretty tough about it. It's going to be a good time. Hey, Aaron, one of the things uh, that in addition to being the manager that you're doing is you're uh, going out on the pro walleye circuit for the first time. Absolutely. It's my rookie season on the National Walleye Tour, which it's going to be a fun year. I'm pretty excited about it. I've worked at this for quite a while and finally threw my name in the hat, put my entry in, and we're going to go for it. So uh, you're going to be able to follow us on our Facebook here at Destination Sporting Goods, and we're going to do a little fun segment called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, it's going to be check-ins every single day through practice and through the tournament, and you're going to be able to see how, uh, how it's going. Am I getting my butt kicked out there, or am I doing good? We're going to see. It's got to be pretty exciting for you. It's exciting. I'm, I'm super pumped up about it. It's going to be a fun experience for me, that's for sure. Well, I mean, you know, when I've been at uh, some of these events and, and even the, the annual one on, on Lake Bemidji, the, you know, the uh, Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic, I, I love the camaraderie. Yes, there is competition, but everybody's actually pretty good friends. Yeah, absolutely. That's the fun part about it. You know, you meet lifelong friends along the travels and stuff like that, and it's, it's a community. You know, that's what Bemidji's built on. It's a hunting and fishing community, and that's what we enjoy about having a store here in town and bringing everybody together and just chatting, hunting, and fishing all the time. We love it now getting ready for the opener presuming it's going to be wet <laughs> uh, what do i need to have in my uh in my bait uh bucket and in my tackle box absolutely it's going to be a jigging year um whenever it's cold like this and really lasts the jig bite is phenomenal it's always good uh like i said looking for those river mouths and spawning flats uh jigs and shiners are always what everybody's looking for eighth and quarter ounce 
Um, pitching or dragging, you know, ja- dragging, they'll kick the boat in gear and pitch the jig back there and kind of hop it along. Um, but the pitching game's really starting to catch on, and that's where the jigs and plastics can come in. Um, chat with us down here, we've got all sorts of walleye plastics in here, and this is a new thing really taking off and gaining some traction. The, the technology's there now, it's really soft plastic. Um, the walleyes are loving it. The guys that are playing with it, it's really opening their eyes. It's changing some things around, that's for sure. And by the way, if, uh, if the live bait is available, you do have it here, right? Absolutely, we do have live bait, yep. So swing on down, we, we will have shiners if they are available, for sure. And we've got your live bait all year, so whether it's tournament bait or just your everyday need a scoop of fathead minnows, we've got them. Hey, Aaron, thanks for taking time to talk with us. Good luck on the tour this year. No problem. Thank you guys very much. M-F-I-S-H-I-I-N-P-O-B-U-N-Y-A-N-C-O-N-T-R-Y